Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. Each week, we'll be talking with real people with real stories about things they have not said or done or have said or done in their workplace that required bravery. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Everts, and I'm the founder and president of Excellius Leadership Development. Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. I hope you'll listen to our past podcast conversations, and if you'd like to hear past episodes, go to BeBraveAtWork.com, subscribe to our podcasts, and learn some valuable lessons about bravery at work. My new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Success, is now available in paperback, on Kindle, and in audio at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and any online book retailer you prefer. Check out Drive Your Career today. Our podcast today is sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies. Based in Woburn, Massachusetts, Cabot Risk Strategies has created innovative and customized insurance strategies for individuals and families, businesses, nonprofits, commercial real estate, and public entities. Cabot's client base continues to expand both within the region and within the markets they serve. And if you are looking for customized insurance services and solutions, contact Cabot at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at cabotrisk.com. I'm really excited to welcome our next guest on Be Brave at Work. If you are an entrepreneur, an organization, an investor, or agency looking to define, build, or grow your business, Siobhan Moran can help. Siobhan is an investor, industry leader, Energetic Solutions Incorporated founder, and Energy Mastery founder, mentor, and coach. She's also a speaker, author, and podcaster. Siobhan is also the creator of the Energetic Solutions Incorporated Success Systems, which is devoted to teaching the world's entrepreneurs and leaders the needed skills to grow their business and team while maintaining authenticity and clarity of mission to purposeful profits. Siobhan, we are so thrilled to have you join us today on Be Brave at Work. Thanks for having me. So I did a light intro of you, and I think our listeners would love to hear a little bit more about your background and how you have come to do what you are currently doing in the marketplace. I love the topic of your podcast because brave is so definitive. And when I tell people about my some of my life story and some of the things I've had to overcome to get to where I am, they invariably say, oh, you're so brave. You have so much courage. And and I don't necessarily think of myself as brave, but in hindsight, when I look at it, it could be considered that. So my first business was, at, I'll go I'll kind of give you a little snapshot. My first business was at 11. I was mowing lawns. I made good bank on that. <laughs> <laughs> and in the good winter, for you. Snubble, shoveled snow. And so I found the best way to get what I wanted pretty early on. And then, you know, I had another business when I was 15. I was kind of getting in trouble. So they threw me in coding school. And that was awesome. It's actually served me to this day. And so I am somewhat introverted, maybe a lot introverted, interestingly. Nobody would ever guess it. And I decided to go into sales and marketing to understand how people made choices and decisions. And I knew that that was going to work with my introversion. And so some would say that that's brave. I just knew that I needed to get out of myself. That was really important. And then I moved to California and I worked for this company 
you know, it wasn't really cool to use the word entrepreneur at the time, but this was definitely an early entrepreneur who was an engineer and did stuff for uh, computers and accessories and things like that. And I started when there were just a few people. And then we grew that to, you know, you know, $150, $250 million and got it sold to Rubbermaid. And I thought, oh, this is fun. And I really decided that this was the most fun and the biggest ability to use my coding and my independent thinking and all of the really random skills that I have. And so I looked for those and I did that four times with folks until I got sick, uh, misdiagnosed, and I nearly died from blood poisoning, sepsis. And this was a catalyzing, one of the several catalyzing moments. And I was laying on the emergency room table and they said that I needed an injection. And that was when I kind of figured out I actually don't like Western medicine a whole lot. And I thought, and I was building a pharmaceutical company at the time, which is a very interesting juxtaposition. And I thought, boy, if I can build companies, I should be able to heal my own body. Now, I really had no basis for that other than that just made logical sense to me. So I went home and I worked, I had to lay on my sofa for two months or else I was going to be in the hospital. I said, no, people die in the hospital. I'm going to go home. And so I did that. I healed myself and I thought, well, this is important. This is important more than I know, but I'm going to take it into my sales team and I'm going to take the concepts that I developed while I was laying there doing kind of nothing into my sales team and help grow sales. But at the same time, I started a free clinic to test out the theory of what I had done on myself. And before you know it, I had four clinics in Orange County and Los Angeles, and then I had them in other states and it just kept getting bigger. And so I started doing that more full time and then teaching people how to do that. I taught meditation in classes and meditation to engineers and, you know, and all of this stress reduction stuff. And what started to occur, I think that people kept telling me, you have something that nobody has. You have that Zen peace kind of chill formula and you can actually kick butt and help me kick butt and grow my business. And I didn't know it was a really unique thing. I just thought, yeah, that kind of makes sense. Every time I get around people, I seem to help them, help show them the formula to problem solve and to stay in a more calm, centered place so that they can take their next step. And so that's kind of the brief overview. But that's what I do today is I help people who have, you know, want to achieve more and they don't know exactly how to put those pieces in without breaking themselves. Well, it sounds as though there are many parts of your background where bravery raised its head. And, you know, I'm also curious, Siobhan, that it sounds like some of your work is titled or includes the word energy. And, you know, I think of energy a little bit as a, uh, a word like bravery. And what's the attraction of the word energy to you? Why do you use it? Why do you like that word? I have always been what they call a highly sensitive person. And my mother used to say, you're just too sensitive. And turns out that I have this, and a lot of entrepreneurs do, 
have these sensitivities to energy and surroundings, yet we don't have a tool to deal with them other than internalize them or have an outburst or eat them or have to go away and seclude ourselves. And so energy is really, if you look at it scientifically, energy is 98% of our environment. So and as my scientist friends would say, they'd say it's actually more than 98%. Shalon is actually 99 point something, something percent. And so our physical, tangible things that we see, our body and the desk and the phone and all the things that we see around us are, you know, less, you know, slightly more than 1% of our entire existence. And the rest is energy. And we don't really have a relationship on how to deal with energy in a way that keeps us sane, keeps us without getting sucked into somebody else's problems and dramas. We don't have a methodology to disconnect from negative people or negative circumstances. We don't have a methodology except leaving a room if the room feels weird. And we don't really have good tools and skills to take these into our practical world to achieve our objective without feeling like we're slogging or having to push through harder. And so the thing with energy, I kind of hear it and see it and all those things. The thing with energy is that we usually take on other people's energy and we actually get burnt out from taking on other people's energy. And so I teach people how not to take it on, but also how to deal with it so it becomes you understand what's coming at you and what you are experiencing and how that's impacting your success. And it takes a lot of bravery, courage to do this work in a world where a lot of people is better. I've been doing this, you know, 20 years, I guess. And it's easier to talk about now, but it's still kind of weird. And a lot of people are going to say, oh, it's woo-woo and all this stuff. And the fact of the matter is it's actually an inherent part of who we are. We just don't have tools or skills that are super practical to get us going in the right direction with more flow. Well, I'm a huge fan of the concept of energy. I'm not highly educated on the topic, but I know that I am a huge fan. And I was first introduced into this concept by a colleague who anytime heard people training on time management would say, Ed, it's it's not time management. You can't manage the time of the day, but it's energy management. There are some things that will draw you to them because you want to work on them and you always focus on them and you do great work. And there are other things that don't draw you to them that you procrastinate or don't focus on because it's of low interest to you. And so what you want to work on is energy management around the things that you're doing. And you might be the type of person who has so much negative energy that you're in the wrong role or job because none of the work is of interest to you. Or you might be hitting the proverbial cover off the ball because everything you're doing is positive energy and you're really loving it. So, you know, that has been my background on that topic. And I think it pertains in some ways to bravery at work, energy. A former guest talked a little bit, Siobhan, about the concept of vibration and that, you know, there's kind of like this energy vibration that people give off and it's either a positive vibration where you connect well and work well together or a negative vibration where you just don't connect well and interact effectively with others. And is that an arena that you talk about or spend time on yeah. at all? 
I stay away from the word vibration because I think it's really confusing to the brain. It's more like, here, let's try something. Maybe your audience will like this. So in your left hand, there's really nothing in your left hand. So if you put your left hand up, palm facing the sky, and in your, and go ahead and do that with me. And then in your left hand, you're going to speak the words, I don't have enough time. Let's do, let's use your example. Okay, great. So speak the words into your palm. I don't have enough time. Go ahead and do that with me. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough time. Okay. Okay. Now put your hand out and tell me what it feels like. I feel like I hate to use the word negative vibration, but you know, negative energy around or it's heavier, right? It's heavier. Okay, great. So let's use that word. So it's heavier. And then put your right palm out and compare the two. Is the right lighter or heavier? Yeah, it feels lighter. Okay, so in your right palm, we're going to put the word, let's say joy, 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 because it's a good word. Joy, 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 joy. Joy, 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 joy. Okay, now explain what you sense in your right palm. Well, I sense it in my palm, but I also sense it in my body, right? That it feels more uplifting and energetic and the negative, half-energizing perspective of I don't have enough time. Right. And so here's a cool way, everyone, to clean that up. These are the words I use. Clean that up. Clap. One, two, three. Go like that. And, and then check your palms and see if they're about the same. They are, yeah. They're both tingling because I just clapped. Right. So, right. But what you've done is you've done this little thing that I call destroying the bugs. And, and words have an energy to them. Every single word has an energy to it. Rather than vibration or frequency, we're going to say an energy because some of it's some of it's sticky energy, some of it's dense energy, some of it's light and fluffy energy. And if we use those words, our brain starts to go, "Oh, I get it." So that's kind of why I stay away from the word frequency or vibration because then it's not as tangible. We don't really see waves of energy, very few anyway. Very few people see waves, but if we use words that are identifiable to our everyday existence, we say, oh, that doesn't feel like, oh, they have bad energy. Well, what kind of bad energy? Is it they're in a bad mood? Is it that they're a bad person? Is it they're thinking bad things? Or they're just really, really stuck in a bad way? In the coaching industry, we are trained to listen to people's words and listen for words like shouldn't or wouldn't or couldn't and try to help them flip them to more positive, optimistic perspectives versus kind of negative or can't do. Is that similar to what you're saying? Sort of. So the idea that you let's take that and add on to that and say, okay, well, let's not take those words away. You can keep those words if you want. That's what I say. You can keep those words if you want. But what if we said a whole different way, spoke it a whole different way, you know, take shouldn't. It's just like, what if that's a possibility that we could open that door? And it's a little bit more words. But what happens is that flow of energy starts to get things moving in the right direction. So when you change the word to should from shouldn't, that's cool, but your unconscious brain doesn't agree with it always. And the way I look at it is I look to help somebody get their unconscious brain saying, oh, maybe I'll help that person really get there sooner. Well, Siobhan, what are some ways that our listeners who want to be brave at work 
and say something to somebody that may be hard for that person to hear or do something at work that might be harder to do. Do you have any thoughts or suggestions on things they could do to make the likelihood of them saying it greater? Yeah. So there's something that they do in Nepal that will help everybody. And it looks a little weird. I get it. But I learned it when I went to Nepal and I was still very much in the corporate world. But I'm going to tell you what, it landed me a whole heck of a lot of deals that were going south. (laughs) So I'm going to suggest you might want to try it. And so you're going to take your left palm or you're going to put it in the center of your chest. And what you're doing is you're softening the way that you're one thinking about that person. Because generally, if somebody is, you're in a challenging conversation or challenging circumstance with somebody or about to have to have a challenging conversation, um, those words are going to be sharp and biting and probably going to hurt that other person, maybe unintentionally, maybe intentionally. But if you were to put your left palm on your heart, what happens is it softens those words in a way that the person has a higher likelihood of hearing you in a way that you actually mean as as opposed to generally the negative and the harsh and the difficult way. They may take a criticism with more compassion and receive that differently because you have your your hand on your heart. And it sounds ludicrous, but I'm telling y'all, it works magic. No, I can tell and you know you and i are not having one of those conversations at this moment but upon reflection and when i think about it you know that type of physical modification can be very very helpful and you know we do talk on the podcast that any conversation you have with somebody that might be hard for them to hear you always want to be respectful and professional because if you're not how you're behaving may be more of something that draws their attention than what you're saying right hey, I can't believe you're acting this way versus listening to what it is I'm attempting to say. So a way of being respectful and, you know, professional, and I like that recommendation, Siobhan, is, you know, to put your hand, your left hand over your heart as you're talking, because it also, in some ways, grounds you into the moment, right? Because you're touching, you know, your own body and feeling with your hand, as opposed to your hand just being you know, on the desk or on the table, which is inanimate, right? So this is a touching you and talking from the heart, which is now what that other person can see. I don't mean to put words into your mouth, but, you know, that's how I interpreted what it was that you were saying. That's, you're, you're very, you're very perceptive. And so that is accurate. And there's one more benefit to putting your left hand on your heart. It actually forces you to breathe before you have a conversation. And we all know that if you take a breath before you have a difficult conversation, it's not as difficult and it's not going to be as ugly. <laughs> right. And that's so funny because uh, we use that advice and it sounds so basic and so fundamental because, of course, you breathe all the time and you don't even notice it. But, you know, taking a few deep breaths again, has a modification to your body that will almost always help calm your nerves a little bit and help you be a little bit more focused as you go into these conversations. Siobhan, we have loved speaking with you today in respect to being brave at work, and I hope our listeners re-listen to our conversation so that they can put into play the ideas that you had and that you've learned from all different places across the globe. And if folks want to find out more about the business you're doing and your role in the marketplace, how could they find out more about you? They can go to my website. We have a lot of cool things. One of the ways to spell it is S-H-E-E-V-A-U-N-M-O-R-A-N.com. 
And there are three kind of choose your own adventure things there. And if you're more in business, get in the toolkit. If you're boring, if you really want to know more about me, then watch the documentary. I mean, so there's lots of things on there that are going to help you boost yourself in the interim. Well, fantastic. Siobhan, thank you again for being a great guest on Be Brave at Work. Thanks so much. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us today. And we hope you join us on our next podcast conversation as we further explore being brave at work. We also remind you to subscribe to our podcast at bebraveatwork.com and or download and listen to our podcast on multiple online platforms. We are everywhere. Our podcast today was sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies, whom you can reach at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at capitrisk.com. And a reminder to check out my new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Own Success, which is available in paperback, on Kindle, and in audio everywhere online. Do you have something to say, yet are not saying it? Do you have something to do, yet are not doing it? Now is the time to be brave at work. Have a great week.